Well, good morning, Metro Believers Church. It's good to see everyone today. Welcome to the conclusion of the rhythm of life. <laughs> Many of you are like, will he or won't he? We talked about this last week. Hey, if this is your first time here, we're just delighted that you've uh, come our way. Thank you so much. I want to say hi to our live stream audience. I know this is spring break in and we have several families out. The rates are down in Fort Myers. Everyone say boo. Yeah, right? Uh, we got uh, the Petries over in Gulf Shores, Alabama, probably watching. We got the Zwankowskis over in Savannah, Georgia, and several more that I know that are out and probably watching from wherever you're at. Let's give them a hand. Thanks so much for taking the time, even when you're on vacation, spring break, to check us out, be a part of our family. If you don't have one of our outlines, please lift up your hands, and our ushers will get you one. Hey, next Sunday is a very special Sunday at Metro Believers Church. It's, uh, it's our 17th anniversary service. Can you believe that? We've been in the city doing this for 17 years, and next week I'm going to be talking about sort of the, the who, what, why and where um, of Metro Believers Church. And so just want to share from my heart, you know, kind of look back a little bit, but also look forward, talk a little bit about why we're here, what's the point, why we meet. I remember my first message when we started the church was titled, what the heck are we doing here? <laughs> so, because Madison was the last place that most people wanted to go and plant a church, and uh, for real, just so you know, this is, not, this is not a place that most people want to go and plant a church. It's not an easy place to do that. I've watched close to 100 churches uh, start and fold since we started our church. Can you believe that? I mean, that's crazy, and uh, so it's not, it's not, you know, necessarily the place that a lot of people want to go and plant a church. You know, the further south you go, the whole Bible Belt thing, the easier it gets, <laughs> you know, and people just go to church, right? People, people, it's just the thing to do on Sunday morning or Sunday night or whatever. And so uh, next week, we're just going to, we're just going to talk, um, kind of low-key, just talk about this whole idea of Metro Believers Church and why we are here. Two weeks from today, um, I'm actually going to start a new series called Quiet the Riot. Quiet the Riot, okay? And I'm going to be talking about how to silence the voices that destroy us. How many think that sounds pretty good? Uh, both ours, the vo our own voice, uh, oftentimes that, you know, is self-inflicting. Um, others, the things they say and do about us, and the enemy, Okay? So we're going we're gonna to talk about that. That's going to be a fun series. Uh, I think you're not going to want to miss any of those talks. And then, as Vicki mentioned, one week from today is our Easter service, and uh, we have the whole place to ourselves. They close, I'm sorry, one month. I'm sorry, one month from today is our Easter service, and we have the whole place to ourselves. We, they close the gym, you know, twice a year, Christmas and Easter, because the owner is a believer, and he wants to give his people time off to celebrate those days, okay? And we have incredible relationships with the owners of this club. There's a Bible 
in the foundation of the gym. I was here when they put it there and poured the floor over top of it. Um, it's built on the Word. Amen? And so it's pretty cool. Um, and so we have the place to ourselves, and we do water baptisms right over there in the pool. So uh, if, you, if you haven't been baptized, man, it's time to do that. It's time to take the plunge, right, and uh, follow Christ in baptism. Jesus did it. I mean, you think if Jesus did it, we should, right, himself. Um, so, but we're going to have some fun things. We're going we're gonna to do water baptism. We're going to do a free waffle bar before the service. Yeah. The famous Yola's waffles. Come on. If you've never had a Yola's waffle, ha! Um, we're going to do that here before the service on, on Easter Sunday. We're going to have a family photo booth. We're going to have a backdrop. We can take pictures of of you and your family with a cool Easter backdrop. We're going we're gonna to have an Easter egg hunt for the kids. It's going to be an awesome Easter. So I want to encourage you to start now thinking about who you can invite. Did you know that people are 80% more likely to say yes to come to church with you on an Easter or a Christmas service than they are any other time of the year? So why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Why wouldn't you invite your neighbors or your cousin or your sister or brother or mom and dad or whatever? Why wouldn't you invite them to your Easter service at your church? We're going to have a great time. Encourage you to do that. So in case you haven't heard, um, this year, Metro Believers Church is our theme. We're talking about rekindling the fire. Have, has anyone heard that yet? Has anyone? Let me see your hand if you've heard that, okay? Yeah, we're talking about rekindling the fire. We First of all, we need to rekindle our, the fire with the Lord. We need to ask ourselves where we're at with God, right? Have we let things slip? Um, then we need to ask ourselves, where are we with other areas of our life? You know, our, our, our marriage, if we're married, or, you know, just our commitment to our church, you know, our, just the whole relationship piece. Where are we at in all these other areas of our life, our, our passion, you know? Where are we at? And can I ask you to ask yourselves, rather than just hearing us say that, can I ask you and encourage you to ask yourselves, what area of my life needs to be rekindled? What area? What area of my life needs to be rekindled? Um, I have this, uh, uh, has anyone ever had some, something not work that's battery operated? And the first thing you think of is what? The batteries are dead, right? And so I went out about probably eight, nine years ago, and I bought this little gadget. And this little gadget actually, it, it looks like it's, you know, simplistic and doesn't mean anything. But if you put the battery in this little gadget, it actually tells you the strength of the battery. <laughs> and it'll let you know if it's dead or if it needs to be replaced. And so I want to encourage you to ask yourself, where am I in these areas of my life? Are they weak? Are they, are they strong? Do they need to be rekindled? You know, put, put, put them on the, the, the battery tester, if you will, or the spiritual tester, or the passion tester. And rekindle, ask God to help you rekindle those areas of your life that you were once perhaps passionate about and excited about. Some of it's the marriage piece. It's, you know, it's kind of like in, in autopilot now, and you're really not doing anything to build it. It's just kind of there. And 
and you, you, need to, you need to take that serious. You need to rekindle that fire. Like I said, some of it is your commitment to your church or commitment to serving or commitment in your job or whatever it is. I want to ask you to put your life on the battery tester or the spiritual tester or the commitment tester so you can know where you're at and what you're doing with your lives so that you can rekindle. Everyone say rekindle. Rekindle those areas of your life. And so we've been talking over the last several weeks, months, about the rhythm of life. And uh, today we're going to actually conclude that. But so far we've talked about the rhythm of gratitude. Five areas we've covered so far. The rhythm of gratitude. Being thankful in our daily lives. Being thankful, being grateful. Just waking up and being thankful for all that you have. Not what you don't have, but being thankful for what you have. Then we talked about the rhythm of renewal. Just you know, our daily lives are important that we have this renewal, that we have this, that we're in sync, if you will, with God, right? How many of you think that's important? We're in sync with God, and we, we start our day off right. We start our day off acknowledging Him, and we, we, we allow Him to, to infuse His life into us so that we can live our lives in cooperation with Him, right? And then we talked about the whole rhythm of responsibility, just taking responsibility for our lives, not playing the blame game, you know, taking, it, taking responsibility for our attitudes, taking responsibility for our schedules, the things we say yes to and the things we say no to, taking responsibility for, you know, our whole, you know, decisions, the decisions we make, we don't blame others when they don't work out. We take responsibility. Then we talked about the rhythm of generosity and how important it is on a daily basis to be generous, to have, you know, an open-handedness about our lives and, and to be generous with everything that God has entrusted us with. Be generous with that and, and to make sure that we're not being stingy and holding back the things that God wants to use in our life or wants us to use for his glory. And then we talked about the, last week the rhythm of forgiveness, and that was sort of a, a real important message to walk in unforgiveness. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to watch that video. Um, the whole piece about just living, being, un, being unoffendable and living in forgiveness and not walking in unforgiveness and not holding grudges and not, you know, allowing your heart to get cold and hard and jaded in life and get cynical and skeptical Anyone that can do that. I mean, that's easy. You can do that by just walking through life and letting every, all the circumstances just sort of, you know, settle in and determine your life. We talked about forgiveness. Today, I want to talk about what I think is a critical part of our daily lives. It's very important. And today, we're going to talk about the rhythm of purpose. Everyone say purpose. Talk about the rhythm of purpose. So, living out your purpose every day is so important and so critical, even in the mundane and ordinary areas of our life that we take for granted. You know, sometimes, you know, when the big things happen, we feel energized because we feel like there's something there. But in the ordinary, living life in the ordinary zone, in the ordinary, in the mundane, sometimes we take that for granted and we don't realize that God is doing something even in those areas of our life. As we live out our purpose, and purpose always produces passion. 
Always remember that. Purpose always produces passion in our lives. And when you understand your purpose and the reason you're here, it will produce a passion inside of you on a regular basis so that you can walk through life knowing that you're making a difference. See, nothing energizes like a clear purpose. When you have this clear understanding of, of why you're here and what you're doing and why God created you, you, can, you really get energized about that. When we think about our lives, we, we know that God can actually bring peace to your past. He can, he can bring purpose to your present, and he can bring hope to your future. See, that's God's will for you, and that's God's will for me. To this whole peace of God working in our lives to the past, he can actually heal you from your past. He can actually bring your purpose to the present right now, right where you live today. And he can bring hope for your future. Last week, uh, last Tuesday in our small group, we went to see Captain Marvel. It was a very spiritual time. Um, <laughs> and uh, how many of you have seen it? it? It's a very good show. Um, we, just a little plug for our small group on Tuesday. Every other Tuesday, we go see a $5 movie and uh, just have fun together watching a show. And so this particular Captain Marvel, Marvel, if you will, um, Captain Marvel, um, you know, is Lawson is talking to her protege, um, Lawson, or Carol, and she makes this statement to her. When she, when she said it, it resonated inside of me about me personally. She said this. She said, you have a mission. You serve well and with honor, she said. And I think that's, that should be the creed for every believer. We have a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> to quote another movie, right? We're on a mission from God. So what do we need to do about that mission? We need to serve well and with what? Honor, see. And I think that ought to be the creed for all of us. And here's what I found out, and, and I don't have time to develop this thought, but I'll just throw it out there. Every single one of us in this room have a functional purpose and a spiritual purpose. Well, a functional purpose, something that gives us function in life. We all have a spiritual purpose that, that goes way, way, way deeper. And it makes an eternal difference. So I want to encourage you to discover both of those. We'll talk more about that spiritual purpose today. And there's a verse in the Bible that literally impacted my life about 30-plus years ago. When I read this for the first time and it came alive to me, it literally impacted me until this day. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 12, 29 and verse 11. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the, what? I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans, or, or we could say the purpose I have for you. I know the purpose, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans that are good and not for disaster. How many of you know that's incredibly important? God's not your problem. <laughs> Amen? You know, he, he said plans that are good and not disaster. 
plans that are good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. What an incredible verse in the Bible. I believe if you'll take that verse to heart, put it on your refrigerator or perhaps your dashboards or somewhere that'll come up, pop up, you'll see it and start to memorize and think about that, it'll change your life. Years ago, Rick Warren wrote an incredible book called A Purpose Driven Life. And um, matter of fact, there's the cover of the book. Uh, and years ago, when we first started reading this book, it literally challenged our lives. And we did it as a church way back when. We went through uh, a small group, the whole church did, and walked through the purpose-driven life. Um, I'd encourage you to read the book if you've not. If you've never read the book, I'd encourage you to go on Amazon. See, I'm, now I'm starting to get paid for these. these. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and go wherever and buy the book um, and read the book. Rick speaks to life's three greatest questions. And I think it's important for all of us to understand life's three greatest questions. And he talks about the question of existence. He talks about the question of significance. And he talks about the question of intention. It's important for every single one of us, every single believer, to not waste our lives. Amen? We can waste our lives on foolishness. We can, we can go through life and, and not take it seriously enough and waste it and come to the end of the road someday and say, what was I thinking? What? See, as your pastor, I want to help you avoid that. I've sat at the side of beds of people drawing their last breath or in the throes of eternity and and had them look at me and say, I wished I hadn't wasted my life. I feel like I've wasted my life. And as your pastor, I want to encourage you not to waste your life, but to take it serious and to know that God has more for you. And that's what we're going to talk about. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 with me, will you? You can look it up in your version app or you've got your notes or whatever. Perhaps you have your own Bible. That's always good to have. You can open it up and look and underline and kind of make sure that you know where you're going, what that chapter looks like. Ephesians chapter 5, gave you a second to get there. It says this, be careful. Everyone say be careful. Be careful. careful. Talking about life. Be careful how you what? How you live. Apostle Paul is challenging us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Be careful how you live. Not as a fool, but as those who are wise. Notice, you can live your life foolishly, or you can live your life with wisdom. So he says, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. Notice, don't act thoughtlessly. Don't live your life thoughtlessly. But instead, do your best to understand. What? What 
it is that God wants you to do. Did you hear me? That's the Bible. What it is that God wants you to do. Don't live, don't live your life thoughtlessly or foolishly or waste it, but ask yourself and ask God, do everything you can to understand what it is that God wants you to do. <laughs> Have you asked him that question? What, what he has for you? What he wants you to do? See, God has some things for you. And so we want to look at these three questions real quick. I think that's the starting point of resolving the whole purpose question. First question, question of existence. Why am I alive? Fill in the blank there if you want on your notes. Why am I alive? It's not, not exactly a new question. It's been around for thousands of years. In fact, Jeremiah the prophet in his book said in chapter 20, verse 18, why was I born? <laughs> have you ever asked that question? I have. Why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow to, the, to end my life in disgrace? Now, you and I have probably, all of us have probably asked ourselves that question from time to time. <laughs> Why? Why was I born? Was it just to have a bunch of problems? Sometimes during those seasons of life that seem to go sideways on us and things aren't working well and problems happen. And Vicki and I have had a season like that over the last year with the floods and then my, my toe and this infection and all that kind of crazy stuff. You know, not we weren't asking why we're, why are we here, but it was a season. Why was I born? Was it just a? Did God put me on this planet just to have a bunch of heartache and grief and stress? What's the deal? What's the point? Maybe you've asked those questions. Ashley, Ashley, brilliant. Actually, said this. He said, "My life is a superb cast, but I just can't seem to figure out the plot." Anyone ever feel that way? <laughs> Jack Hanley, another quote. I hope life isn't a joke because I don't get it. <laughs> Some of you may have felt that way, right? Uh, you know, the, the, these are tragic statements. For real. It, you know, a life without a purpose is a life, isn't a life worth living. How many of you understand that? A life without a purpose isn't a life worth living living. You see, if you take God out of the equation, you really don't have very many alternatives. I mean, you can try the whole philosophical piece and the philosophies out there and the different mindsets and, and perspectives. You know, you can hold, do the whole survivalist thing. You can have the survivalist. The survivalist says the purpose of life is just to stay alive. <laughs> In other words, just live as long as you can. You know, take your Botox shots, you know, exercise, do whatever. Do all those things so that you can just live as long as you can because that's, that's it. That's it. When you die, you're dead. There's nothing left. You could try the naturalist way. The naturalist says the purpose of life is just to perpetuate itself. So the whole idea, in other words, is... You're just here for a biological reason, <laughs> to procreate and perpetuate. 
Or you could try the whole hedonist thing, the whole hedonist piece. When we were doing our demographics about planting this church 18 years ago, and I was just doing some studies, I found out that Madison is considered the hedonistic capital of the Midwest. It's the Berkeley of the Midwest. Yeah. And, and what is hedonism? It's the pursuit of pleasure. It's the pursuit of pleasure. So you could try that whole piece. It's just sort of the purpose of life is pleasure. Just sort of have fun and party hardy. It's all about that. Or you could try the whole material piece, perspective. Just the materialist says it's the purpose of life is all about acquisition of things. You know, it's just getting stuff. More toys, more things, more stuff. Your life is simply measured by the things that you own. But you know the problem with that? You know the problem is he who dies with the most toys still dies. It's a problem. None of these methods are satisfying. They're not. You see, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment. Did you hear me? As a matter of fact, there in your notes, you have a fill in the blank. Simply says, you were made by God and you were made for God and you were put here for His purposes. You were made by God and you were made for God and you were put here for His purposes. Amen? Now, until you understand that, life isn't really going to make sense. All the philosophical things out there just don't scratch the itch. So, why does God want us here? Why? Why are, are we alive? I, I, I remember when I first came to Christ, I used to ask that question. God, why, why am I alive? Why, why did you put me on this planet? Is there really a reason? Is there really a purpose? Or does everyone else have one but me? I mean, I see all sorts of things in people's lives. But what about me, God? Do I have a purpose? Listen, the writer of the Proverbs says in, in chapter 16, verse 4, the Lord has made Underline everything in your notes, everything for his own purpose. The Lord has made everything for his own purpose. Listen, God never made anything that didn't have a purpose. Let me say that again. God never made anything that didn't have a purpose. Every rock has a purpose. My wife, when we were in Florida on the beach, collected all these shells she may talk more about them later, maybe Mother's Day. Just, just these little pieces of shells. And every single one of them was so unique. There wasn't one the same. And it really ministered to her. And every shell God ever made has a purpose. Every plant has a purpose. Every animal has a purpose. And if you are alive today, 
How many of you are alive? Let me see your hands. You have a purpose. See, everything, everything God created has a purpose. In his divine mystery of majesties, if you will, God created everything, and he said, you know what, I'm going to do this for this, this for this, this for this, this for this. As a matter of fact, um, how many of you know what this is? Huh? It's what? No, it's a screw gun. It's a screw gun, Mike. It's a screw gun, right? All right? Uh, And it has a purpose. Guess what that purpose is? What? To screw stuff in, right? How many of you know what this is? Can anybody tell me what this is? Huh? It's, It's what? An adapter. So you can actually plug more things into the wall. Like, like we need more, right? Um, how many of you know what this is? Anyone know what this is? It's a stud finder. <laughs> yeah, it's a stud finder, right? And uh, if you're doing some work around the house, you need one of these. What's its purpose? Find studs, right? Right? It'll help you locate a stud so you don't have to put six holes in the wall. Does anyone know what this is? Wire strippers. What is it supposed to do? Strip wires, right? It has a purpose. How many of you know what this is? There you go, right back there. It's a leather punch, right? That's, that's yeah. So, you, can, you know, when you gain weight, you can put another hole in your belt. <laughs> when you lose weight, you can put another hole in your belt. Honey, you need this one. <laughs> All right? See, everything, everything has a purpose. We look at things and we say, that has a purpose. I know, I know that, that has a purpose. That does this, 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 this. Here's the deal. So do you. You have a purpose. God puts you here for purpose, see? And that's what we're talking about today. Every single Thing, every single person has a purpose. And if you want to know if you still have a purpose, check your heart, check your pulse. If you're still breathing, guess what? If you're still here on earth, guess what? You have a purpose. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesians, says, Long before, in chapter 1, verse 4, long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in his mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. Think about that. As the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love. Listen, if you don't get anything else I say today, understand this. God says he made you to love you. Did you hear me? God says he made you to love you. You may want to write this down. I was created to be loved by God. It's there in your notes. Here's the deal. God is love, and God wanted to create something to love. Did you hear me? God is love, and he wanted to create something to love, so he created you. He didn't need you. He wasn't lonely. It's not like he was up there going, I'm so lonely. But he created you in order to love you. He didn't need you. He wanted you. There's a difference. There's a difference. 
He wanted you. Some of you need to hear that today. He wanted you. Amen? He wants you. You. Everyone say me. See, he, want, he wanted Glenn Smith. As crazy as that seems. I grew up with a whole lot of people not wanting me. But God wanted me. Second question. It's the question of significance. Does my life matter? Does my life matter? Anyone ever asked that question? Isaiah said in 4940, he says, My work all seems so useless. I've spent my strength for nothing and for no purpose at all. Does my life even matter? Does it matter that I get up and do what I do every day? Does it matter? Listen, you were made for meaning. Yes. You were made for meaning. And if you don't have a meaning and a purpose in your life and you don't know why God put you on this planet, life just doesn't make sense. It's not going to work the way God intended for it to work. All of us are going to go through life on three basic levels. Just so you know, a lot of this is not in your notes because I kind of ran out of room, okay? But if you want to write this down, these are good. Three different levels. The first level that some people go through is the survival level. Survival. See, the survival level is really where a lot of people live today, and they're just in survival mode. They're just existing, not living. They're controlled by the circumstances of their life. They put in their time and live for the weekend. Thank God it's Friday. Survival level. Second level, success level. And honestly, this is probably where most of you are at today. By the world's standards, you sort of got it made. I know you don't think that, but by the world's standards, you've got it made. You have a sort of a comfortable living, you know, compared to the rest of the world, you're probably extremely wealthy. Listen, if you have a home, two cars, and a job, you are among the top 5% of the world's most wealthy people. Did you know that? Compared to the world. So this whole success piece, you sort of, you sort of got it, you know, things are happening for you. You may have some possessions, you have some freedom, good health perhaps, you're successful. But even the wealthiest of people are asking the question, if I am so successful, why am I not more fulfilled? What's going on here? See, the reason is, is it takes more than success to satisfy. The third level and I think this is the highest level, is the significance level. Significance level. Not, it's not survival. It's not success. It's significance. It's a step up. So that's God's goal for our life is to understand the significance of our life. Does life really matter? Does my life matter? Significance. 
How do you do that? How do you walk in the significance level? How does that happen? Well, there's three ways. Let me give them to you real quick. First, you know the meaning of life, and that gives you significance. You know the meaning of life. Second, you know that how much you matter to God. You matter. Not just a, some genetic accident. You matter to God, and that, that gives you significance. Third, you know God's purpose for your life, and you're living that out on a regular basis, and that gives you what? Significance. That's how. That's how you do that. You start to go from, you know, success to significance, from survival to significance. And I'm telling you what, when you start to walk in significance, Changes. It's a game changer. See, if you want to know how much you matter to God, let's look at a couple verses here. Isaiah 42, verse 2 says, God said, I'm, I'm your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Wow. Isn't that cool? Did you hear me? God says, I'm your creator. And you were, you, Sebastian, you were in my care before I even created you. I, I sort of had you, I had your back, say. Right? You were in my care even before, yeah, before you were born. See, God was caring for you, and he had you in his mind. He was thinking about you. He thought you up. And check out this next verse in Psalm 139, verse 16. You scheduled every day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. That's why abortion is such a blight. See, God, God doesn't just work on people after they come out of the womb. God, God starts to work on people way before they're even conceived. Did you hear me? See, that's how much you matter to God. That is how much you matter to God. He paid so much attention to your life that every detail was recorded in his book before you took a breath. Psalm 33:11 says his plans endure forever, his purposes last forever. So write this down in your notes. God made me to last forever. Forever, right? I was made to be loved by God. I was made to last forever. This life is not all that there is. And one of the biggest ways you can waste your life is to think all there is is the here and now. One of the biggest ways you can waste your life not to consider eternity, the fact that you're going to last forever. Right? I mean, you've heard me talk about you're going to spend far more time in eternity than you will here. Remember the rope illustration? Many of you saw that, yeah, where it's a 100-foot rope and two feet is life here on the earth. That's the drop in the bucket. And the other 98 feet is eternity. And it never ends. Listen, you were made for eternity, and life is preparation for that. Did you hear me? Your life, how you handle stuff, 
how you handle disagreements, how you handle conflict, how you handle strife, how you handle problems in your life, how you handle things, how you handle circumstances, is all preparation for eternity. How you deal with it. You gonna deal with it God's way, or are you gonna deal with it your way? It's all preparation for eternity. Later in the spring, I'm gonna do a series called One Minute After You Die. Inspired by Craig Rochelle's talk that he did some years ago. One minute after you die. We're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about what happens when you take your last breath. What does that look like? 2 Corinthians 5.1 says, we live in this tent. Our body here on earth is tore down. When it's tore down, God will have a house in heaven for us to live in. A home he himself has made, which will what? Let's all say that out loud. Which will what? Last forever. It's going to last forever. Three, the third question. I know I'm running out of time. The third question is the question of intention. The question of intention. What is my purpose? That's the missing blank. What is my purpose? What did God intend? When he was thinking about me and, sh- and creating me and shaping me, what on earth am I here for? David asked that question, why did you create us, God? Nothing. David was talking to God. Listen, probably one of the greatest atheist philosophers of the last century, Bertrand Russell said this. He said, he was a great Englishman. He said, unless you assume the existence of God, the question of life's meaning and purpose is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You see, if there's no God, if you're just a freak chance of nature, you're just complex pond scum, then guess what? Your life doesn't matter. If I want to take it, no big deal. It doesn't matter. You're nobody. Listen, there is a God. I said there is a God. And God made you for a reason. And he made you for a purpose, just like all those things that I showed you. There's a purpose. The only way you're going to get to know your purpose is by looking to him, the creator. The only way you're going to get to know your purpose is by looking to him. Listen, the only way you get to know a purpose is either A, you talk to the creator, or B, you read the owner's manual. Check this out. This is the owner's manual. He is the creator. You can talk to the creator and read the manual. Can somebody say amen? The Bible says this, and look in your outlines. Check this out. It's Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. When you get to know him, you want to understand the meaning of life? You want to understand the purpose of your life? Write this down. It's the last area of of notes, I find my purpose by getting to know God. I find my purpose in getting to know God. You want to know your purpose? It all starts with God. It all starts with Him. Why? Because He is the Creator. Why? Because He wrote the owner's manual. And if you want to find out your purpose, you've got to refer to those two things. 
See, Colossians 1.16 says, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible. How many of you know that includes it all? Everything got started in him and finds its what? Purpose in him. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the church at Ephesus, in chapter 1, verse 11, says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Who we are and what we're living for, our purpose. Part of the overall purpose is working out in everything and everyone. If you want to know your purpose in life, start getting to know God. Just start getting to know Him on a deeper level. The more you get to know God, the more you understand His ways and wisdom. And the more you understand the meaning and the purpose of your life. And it doesn't happen overnight. I promise you, it took me some time to start to figure this out. Let me give you just some practical advice. Besides getting to know God, okay? Write these three things down. If you want to know your purpose, first of all, you have to look back. Look back. See how God has used you in the past. Just practical stuff. Look at, look at the trail if you will, that God has done in your life. Look at how he's used you in the past. See, you can get a glimpse of some of the things that God has put inside of you and part of your purpose by looking back. Next, look out. Everyone say, look out. Yeah, look back, look out. Look, in other words, look, ask your Christian friends, ask people around you what they have observed in your life and what they believe your purpose to be. In other words, get affirmation, get input from others that, have, that know you and have seen you and have tasted of your fruit. See, every one of us have fruit we produce. It can be good fruit or bad fruit. What are some of the fruit that you've produced that other people have seen? Get that input. And then look up. So we're going to look back, we're going to look out, and we're going to look up. We're going to ask God to help put it all together. We're going to ask him, God, help me here. Help me put this together. Help me see what you're saying here. Help me know and understand what that might look like. Help me. Help me. But here's, here's something that you need to know. You're going to do all that. Here's what you need to do and know. And I put a slide so you can write it down. Commit to walking in obedience to the written word of God for your life. Commit to living this out. Not just going by how you feel. Just doing what you want. Thoughtlessly. Commit. Commit to walking in obedience to the written word of God for your life. If you want to know your purpose, it's important you do that. Why? Because you will never know the specific will of God for your life until you first commit to the general will of God for your life. This is the general will of God for your life. See, this is it, the written word. This is for everyone. Did you hear me? This is for everyone. And when you commit to the general will of God and you live it and you walk it and you obey it, God starts to fine-tune your purpose. 
and he begins to reveal it as you look back, look out, and look up. As we close today, just want you to think about where you're at with him. Are you in rhythm with God? Are you in rhythm with your purpose? Are you seeing God show you something powerful? Listen, George Herbert once said this, it's never too late to be who you might have been. It's not too late. Acts chapter 10, our last verse of our talk today, says this, it makes no difference who you are or where you came from. If you want God and you're ready to do what he says, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The door is open. The door is open. Amen? Could we stand to our feet together? The door is open. The door is open. God's extending an invitation to every single one of us. He's saying, you, do you want what I have for you? Do you want my purpose for your life? Do you want to know the meaning of why you're here? Do you want to experience that? The door's open. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment, if we could, please. Just let all of this settle in. All of this just sort of saturate and ruminate in your heart. You know, God had a purpose in bringing you here today. In the middle of spring break where a lot of people are gone, you're here. You're listening. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to know his purpose for your life, every single one of you. And here's the deal. You don't have to use fancy words or all that kind of stuff. You just have to have your heart open. See, the door is open for you. Perhaps some of you here today would say, you know what, I've not really surrendered my life to the Lord. You know what, I go to church, I try to do good, but I'm not really walking with him, and I want to do that today. If that's you, and you wouldn't be ashamed to say, would you pray for me? Would you just slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. That's right. Thank you for your honesty. We can hide. We can play. The bottom line is, God knows. Some of you here may say, you know what? I, I've been walking with the Lord for quite some time, but I just don't get it. Would you pray for me? that I would take my life serious and that I would allow him to show me what he has for me? If that's you, I want to pray for you too. Just slip up your hands. God bless you all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's pray. So those of you that want to surrender your life to the Lord, you know, and the, whatever, I, just sort of say me too here as we walk this out in prayer. Father, we know that you have a purpose for us. You know that you created us for something of significance. We want to know that. The door's open. We're ready. 
We're ready to experience you. Just from your heart, say, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. From your heart, right now, right where you're at, I surrender my life to you. I'm yours. I want you to be the leader of my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I give it to you. Here it is. Take it. It's yours. I surrender. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. So, Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice today. Would you do a fresh work in our lives? Would you show us why we're here? Would you help us understand that our life matters? God, would you help us know what our purpose is, why we're here, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take a couple minutes. If you want prayer, our pastoral team is on the sides. They'll pray with you about whatever is going on in your life, but let's just worship him for a couple more minutes, submit this to him, let God have his way. Breathe on me. 